wanted old Norcross for his money, all right. Don't they hang on to the little trinkets from the man who lost out, though? There were six rings, two brooches, and a charlatan watch. Fifteen thousand would cover the lot. I warned you not to talk, said Woods. Oh, that's all right, said Kernan. The stuff is in my suitcase at the hotel. And now I'll tell you why I'm talking. Because it's safe. I'm talking to a man I know. You owe me a thousand dollars, Barney Woods. And even if you wanted to arrest me, your hand wouldn't make that move. I haven't forgotten, said Woods. You counted out twenty fifties without a word. I'll pay it back some day. That thousand saved me. And, well, they were piling my furniture out on the sidewalk when I got back to the house. And so, continued Kernan. You, being Barney Woods, born as true as steel, and bound to play a white man's game, can't lift a finger to arrest the man you're indebted to. Oh, I have to study men as well as Yale locks and window fastenings in my business. Now, keep quiet while I ring for the waiter. I've had a thirst for a year or two that worries me a little. If I'm ever caught, the lucky sleuth will have to divide honours with the old boy booze. But I never drink during business hours. After a job, I can crook elbows with my old friend Barney with a clear conscience. What are you taking? The waiter came with the little decanters and the siphon and left them alone again. You've called a turn, said Woods, as he rolled the little gold pencil about with a thoughtful forefinger. I've got to pass you up. I can't lay a hand on you. If I'd have paid that money back. But I didn't, and that settles it. It's a bad break I'm making, Johnny. But I can't dodge it. You helped me once, and it calls for the same. I know it, said Kernan, raising his glass, with a flushed smile of self-appreciation. I can judge men. Here's to Barney, for he's a jolly good fellow. I don't believe, went on Woods quietly, as if he were thinking aloud, that if accounts had been square between you and me, all the money in all the banks in New York could have brought you out of my hands tonight. I know it couldn't, said Kernan. That's why I knew I was safe with you. Most people, continued the detective, look sideways at my business. They don't class it among the fine arts and the professions, but I've always taken a kind of fool pride in it. And here is where I go busted. I guess I'm a man first and a detective afterward. I've got to let you go, and then I've got to resign from the force. I guess I can drive an express wagon. Your thousand dollars is further off than ever, Johnny. No, oh, you're welcome to it, said Kernan with a lordly air. I'd be willing to call the debt off, but I know you wouldn't have it. It was a lucky day for me when you borrowed it. And now let's drop the subject. I'm off to the west on a morning train. I know a place out there where I can negotiate the Norcross Sparks. Drink up, Barney, and forget your troubles. We'll have a jolly time while the police are knocking their heads together over the case. I've got one of my Sahara thirsts on tonight, but I'm in the bands, the unofficial bands of my old friend Barney, and I won't even dream of a cop. And then, as Kernan's ready finger kept the button and the waiter working, his weak point, a tremendous vanity and arrogant egotism, began to show itself. He recounted story after story of his successful plunderings, 
ingenious plots and infamous transgressions, until Woods, with all his familiarity with evildoers, felt growing within him a cold abhorrence towards the utterly vicious man who had once been his benefactor. Undisposed, of course, said Woods at length, but I advise you to keep under cover for a spell. The newspapers may take up this Norcross affair. There's been an epidemic of burglaries and manslaughter in town this summer. The word sent Kernan into a high glow of sullen and vindictive rage. To hell with the newspapers, he growled. What do they spell but brag and blow and boodle in boxcar letters? Suppose they do take up a case. What does it amount to? The police are easy enough to fool. But what do the newspapers do? They send a lot of pinhead reporters around to the scene and they make for the nearest saloon and have beer while they take photos of the bartender's oldest daughter in evening dress to print as the fiancé of the young man in the tenth story, who thought he heard a noise below.